Welcome to Real FM Rewind. Here's some highlights from the week. You know, being a parent is hard work. Oh, yeah. Anyone who's ever been one knows this. No kidding. But when something is hard, one thing that I find that helps is commiserating with other people who have been through the same thing. <laughs> that is so true. Right, because it yeah. reminds you, yes, this is hard, but you're not alone in it. Oh, yeah. Other people have blazed this trail and survived. That's right. And you're going to make it as well. You can do it. And that's why I love this. I, I ran across a thread of a bunch of parents sharing everyday things that might seem mundane, especially maybe to people who aren't parents, uh-huh. but that all parents eventually come to really, really appreciate. Oh, yeah. So here's a good example of this. Um, you have a new appreciation, I think, as a parent for waking up naturally Ooh, in the morning. Yes. Now, when I say naturally, I mean, like, before you had kids, <laughs> you know, the sun maybe would, like, come up. And it would get light in your room. What a thought. And that might wake you up in the morning. Yeah. That's not usually how it goes <laughs> as a parent. I'm guessing your alarm clock isn't even always what wakes you up. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, usually. A lot something of times else. there's a kid like drop kicking you. Yeah. Or doing some sort of like pro wrestling move on your stomach. Oh my goodness. When you wake up in the morning. <laughs> not the most pleasant way <laughs> no. to wake up. No. And because waking up naturally is so rare. Yeah. When it does every once in a while happen, you know, maybe on a Saturday morning. Morning. Oh, yeah. It's like nine o'clock or something. Oh, wow. And you wake up and you're like, wait, wait are, are all my children dead? Like, what happened? What's happening? <laughs> something <laughs> is wrong. Something you feel like calamity has struck. You got to go check out and make oh, sure everyone's okay. Oh, no. And then once you confirm that they are and you can yeah. kind of melt back into your bed and restfully oh, go back to sleep, yes. no better feeling. That's awesome. Dogs, for the most part, love attention and roughhousing. But cats? Almost the complete opposite. Cats like affection when they want the affection. And cats do not love being roughhoused by small children. And this one cat in particular has gone viral for staying still like a stuffed animal to avoid a baby. It's a really funny video. This toddler baby, you know, he's walking around and the gray cat is in its crib, realizes the baby is getting closer and it freezes. The baby walks right past the cat. The cat calms down for a bit. The whole interaction reminded me of Jurassic Park. You know, stay still and the T-Rex won't see you. Except of course, in this case, the baby is the T-Rex. Small, but a mighty terror. A lot of times when hard stuff happens in the world, it can feel easy to feel a little bit powerless. Mm -hmm. Like, man, I, I don't know what to do. The need feels so big and my part just feels so small. But you know who I think shows us the way in this better than anybody is kids. Mm. I don't think they ever stop to really think that. They just do what they are able to do yeah. and what's right in front of them. That's true. And I love that. So there's a little boy in Seattle. He's five years old. He's showing us how it's done. He was watching the news one night about Maui and the fires mm. with his parents. Mm-hmm. And he started to feel really sad. Asked, hey, can we turn this off? It's making me sad. And then his parents proceeded to explain to him what had happened. Yeah. Uh, in this famous Maui town. And immediately, his name is Edison, he immediately wanted to help. And he suggested mm. setting up a lemonade stand. Mm-hmm. So they helped and they said, yeah, of course, what a great idea. So they got some lemonade, some ice cream sandwiches, some sparkling water, popsicles, and they set up this stand in Seattle. And the response was amazing. Even though uh, the lemonades were selling for about a dollar, people were driving up and giving five, ten, twenty dollar bills, saying donate the change. And most people were saying, "Man, yeah, this is such a great idea. We've been looking for ways to help. We mm. felt really helpless." 
didn't know where to donate. Here's the cool thing. Uh, his mom also set up a way to donate online. And then his mom and dad's business did some matching nice. money with okay. what was raised yeah. with the lemonade stand for a grand total of $17,000 wow. to send to Lahaina. That's amazing. It all started with a little five-year-old boy. There's just been a ton of bear controversy on the internet recently. I mean, we had the sun bear that people thought was a man in a bear costume, and now there's images circling the internet of a bear without fur. I'm sorry, it just looks very unnatural. It's like a hairless cat or a rat, you know, it's, it's like the idea of a bear but creepier, which is a horrible thing to say because it turns out that this bear's name is Dolores. And poor Dolores suffers from a rare condition that causes hair loss. The poor bear suffers from hair loss and the whole internet is revolted. <laughs> poor Dolores. But hey, now we've answered the age-old question that was totally on everyone's mind. What does a hairless bear look like? Okay, Kara, I apologize in advance because this is kind of silly, but it, for some reason it fascinates me. Okay. There's a guy on TikTok who noticed something very odd Okay. about jars of pickles uh-huh. in the grocery store. Yeah. Okay, so he's looking up like all the different brands, Klassen and Mount Olive and Vlasic and all these different yeah. brands of pickles. Lots of pickles. And he noticed that on pretty much every pickle jar in the grocery store, the jar labels don't actually contain the word pickle. What? Yeah. That's super random. It doesn't say pickles on them. Wow. Anywhere. Okay. Like Clausen says kosher dill halves, and Mount Olives said bread and butter sliders, and Vlasics oh. kosher dill spears. Spears, okay. Nowhere on any of them do they say the word pickle. That's super weird. Yeah. Why? And so then he went on this, yeah, deep dive trying to figure out, like, is there some sort of regulatory thing yeah. here? Is that, that like... Pickle originally as a word was more of like an adjective or like, huh. you know, to describe oh. something that is pickled. I see what you're saying. As yeah. opposed to like a noun. Yeah. And couldn't really come to any discovery about why this was. Huh. Eventually, like news agencies have picked this up uh-huh. and decided to investigate by asking for comment. Okay. From the pickle brands themselves. That's ought to be good. The answer is actually kind of unsatisfying. Okay. They were basically like, uh, well, I mean... I don't, we didn't, we didn't really think about that all that much. We haven't (laughs) put the word pickle on our label. It looks like since like the fifties or the sixties, basically the answer was, well, they come in clear glass jars. It's pretty So you can tell what you're buying. You can tell that it's a pickle. And so we put the focus on the type of pickle that you're getting, Okay. whether it's dill or, you know, sweet or spears or chips or whatever. That is so funny. Because you can tell it's, it's a pickle, which like. Yes, yes, that's but, true. But also... But we label pretty much everything else, that's don't That's what I we? was just thinking. Even yeah. if it's in a glass jar, you right. still label it. I don't know. That's so weird. I still feel like there's some sort of conspiracy yeah, going on prob- here with the pickles. <laughs> Probably. Forgive me if you've seen or heard this before. I know Anson and Kara talked about it a couple days ago, but there's a viral video of a toddler being loved on by golden retriever puppies, and I couldn't help myself from smiling so big. I feel like doctors should recommend puppy time to help with mental health. Ugh, it's so good. But watching the video reminded me of when I had a very similar experience. My dad had a friend in a cabin in the middle of nowhere in the woods, and he and his buddy were going hunting. 
but my dad brought me along so I could stay with the puppies at the cabin. They were golden retriever puppies, and it was amazing. I can still remember how cute and sweet they were, but I knew my dad would not let me keep one, so it was very bittersweet as a six-year-old. The thing I remember most was having a peppermint candy in my mouth, and the puppies wanted it, so they kept licking my mouth to try and get the candy. I know it sounds gross, but at the time, I squealed and giggled and just had the best time in my life. They say we can see a glimpse of heaven here on Earth, and I think puppies might just be a glimpse. That pure, unapologetic love. We live in interesting times, Anson. We carry around these little things in our pockets, our, our phones, mm -hmm. that enable us to be reached pretty much at all times. That's true. Day or night. And I just remember, like, that didn't always <laughs> used to be the case. Yeah. When I was a kid, my dad would work outside, and we had this little, like, CB radio in our house that we'd use to get a hold of him. Okay. And sometimes it worked. Sure. And sometimes it didn't. Right. That's just kind of how those worked. But now, if you, like text your spouse and don't get an answer back like pretty quickly <laughs> uh -huh. like you may panic a little bit we yeah were, we were just talking earlier to one of our friends here in the building zoe uh, and she was like yeah my husband texted me i was in a meeting he didn't realize it and he got pretty soon like i went back to my phone and he had called me three times he's like where are you are you okay yeah and i was like oh yeah that is kind of nerve-wracking when you're when your spouse doesn't answer and you're like well i hope they're okay i right. think they're okay because but it's maybe been like an hour yep. like back in the day it would have been like five six hours it's true. And you're like, well, different just, expectations yeah, nowadays. Completely. Yesterday was Sunday. Maybe you were able to get to church, or maybe you were like many, many people today who are kind of struggling with the idea of going to church on Sundays. There's a lot of different reasons for that. Some people have stopped going since the pandemic. People have different work schedules, sometimes sports, uh, just a bunch of different things, sometimes exhaustion. For me, yesterday, I was just exhausted and did not, I will confess, go to church. And I, for a long time, for a couple years, in fact, didn't go to church because I just had such negative experiences in church. And that is also a big factor in why so many religious and spiritual people haven't been going to church. But I really loved what this pastor said about some things to keep in mind if you're struggling with going to church. And number one was know that your faith is ultimately about a 24-7 relationship with God. You know, it's not just something that you do on Sundays and you go to church and check a box off the list. No, it's a daily 24-7 constant relationship with God. And I just love that reminder. Also, cultivate habits that will strengthen your faith and shape a vibrant spiritual life. Things like praying daily, reading scripture, getting to know God in that way. Really important. It's not just about listening to a sermon. You know what I mean? Really good stuff. And last, but certainly not least, you can stay engaged with the community of faith. You know, more churches more than ever are doing live streams. There's a lot of different online resources. There's online Bible groups and Bible studies, classes, even community outreach and nonprofits to volunteer with. There's lots of different ways to stay connected with the body of Christ because, you know, community is super important. So I loved those three tips. If you know you're struggling and Sundays going to church just hasn't been a thing, there are still ways to be close to God and his people. Ah! 
Kara, you were just talking about the fact that we all have these little black rectangles in our pockets that keep us connected to each other <laughs> yep. pretty much 24-7. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that this has led to, along with like read receipts and the little dot, dot, dots as yep. somebody's typing back to you, is we have like literally a live window into yeah. whether someone is reading our texts <laughs> and responding to our texts and uh, how quickly. Yes. And it can cause some concern when those responses aren't as quick as we want them to be. It can. So I'm kind of curious, like for you and your husband, yeah. in your relationship, yeah. like what is the texting expectations? Oh, Like if you a go question. a certain amount of time without texting each other back, yeah. does the concern start to grow or well, are you relatively chill about it? Do you have different expectations from one another? That's a good point. I feel like we try to be pretty chill about it because yeah. we both know like the other one is at work. He works outside, so I know he can't always respond immediately. Sure. So we try to be, but I will admit that it's like, you know, several hours go by (laughs) or it's more than usual. I Uh probably start to get a little bit anxious. I try to give the benefit of the doubt. I think he does too, but it starts to be like, okay, do I need to start to make up weird things? Do I need to come find you? Like he fell off a lawnmower somewhere. (laughs) Right. What's going on? Things that have literally never happened in real life. Right. right? Exactly. I also wonder if part of this is like an age thing or maybe even like a length of time married. Oh, that would make sense. You were talking about one of our coworkers who's been married just a bit under a year. Yes. Where the concern was growing within like an hour or two. Yeah. I feel like for my wife and I, we've been married for over 15 years now. Yeah. And like, if she doesn't hear from me texting back or the vice versa, I feel yeah. like we basically just kind of shrug our shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, well, Go on with they my- may be like, you know, groaning in a ditch somewhere, <laughs> but probably I'll see them tonight. They're it's, probably, it's fine. probably fine. It's fine. They'll work it out. <laughs> Northwest Arkansas is considered the mountain biking capital of the world, so there's a chance you enjoy biking. I myself love biking, but this, this is extreme. I just came across something known as the Pan-Americana Bike Route. It is a bike route which starts at the top of Alaska, heads south, just straight south through the western side of Canada, into the U.S. along the western coast, till hitting Central America, then going further south along the western coast of South America, cutting across through to Argentina, continuing along the eastern coast until it ends at the very bottom tip of the continent. Basically, going top to bottom, north to south, and you bike through different landscapes, deserts, mountains, jungles. You cross 14 different countries, and I have no idea how many days this journey would take by bike, but I imagine it could take up to a year or more. This is crazy, but also incredible, seemingly impossible, and I kind of love it. Thanks for listening to the Real FM Rewind. Make sure to check out all of our podcasts on the Real FM app or at real.fm. And don't forget, be kind and rewind. <laughs>